This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, hustle in the house. Yeah, hustle in the house. Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm Rob Faye. Welcome to another edition of Sports Bar Radio. I know what you're thinking. Like, if you're going to do a podcast once every two months, do you truly expect me to check in on you? Uh, if you could be so kind to have just a little more patience, I promise you there is light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. On today's episode of Sports Bar Radio, which is always brought to you by Equity Guru, I'm going to talk about the one-year birthday of Nation Extreme Wrestling, that little endeavor that Chris Perry and I took on just over a year ago. Won't spend too much time on it, but definitely want to at least talk a little bit about some of the challenges, some of the rewards, and maybe even what lies ahead without giving away too, too much. We will also touch on some radio in this city. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a history on air. I want to talk about the current state of radio, some opportunities that have knocked, and maybe I just haven't found the right fit yet. We'll touch on the Vancouver Canucks. We will touch on everything from Francesco to Rachel Dory. We'll talk about Abbotsford and the potential struggles that the Vancouver Giants may find. And we will even dip our toes into some random topics like mayoral candidates who make outlandish promises. Why do they do that? And if you don't really believe in any of the candidates, should you vote? I know that it's our given right to vote, and we're lucky that we live in a society where we can have a voice, but if you don't believe in any of the candidates, what do you do in that moment? And we'll also finish up with our thoughts on Hockey Canada. This is Sports Bar Radio. I am Rob Fay, and let's get down to business. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. All right, so I was going to start with wrestling because it's obviously front of mind for where I'm at in this stage of my life, but I'm actually going to start with the Vancouver Canucks. Now, this isn't an analytical breakdown of everything that's going on on the ice. I will leave that to those who are at the arena and those who I respect and know that they could speak to it better than I can. Listen, if I'm out of the game, I'm out of the game. And I just want to speak to what I feel comfortable with. Now, public relations, communications, that's something that I did for a long, long time here in this city with the Vancouver Canadians. And, you know, you think about where they're at right now, heading into this new phase. They've got Bruce Boudreaux. They've got, you know, Jim Rutherford, all of these different pieces, Patrick Alvine. And yet it is the same earmarked problems that face this organization. For example, a little scrutiny ahead of time with a lackluster preseason. You hear about Francesco and these allegations against him. The situation with Rachel Dory. We don't know all of the information surrounding that. We will wait for that to become official, and then we can further break that down. But here is what I'm going to try to get to. The Vancouver Canucks just cannot seem to get their PR tire out of the mud. I think that's fair to say. I mean, you think of the seven years when it came to Jim Benning and all the people that surrounded him, everybody from Chris Gear to all of this scouting department that every once in a while were heard to be pulling their hair out and what have you. And then you sit back and you say to yourself, okay, well, why is this still happening now that almost all, if not all, of that regime is out? And I think the common denominator, and I know you know where I'm going with this one because I've called him out on this before, is ownership. I kind of feel like he's in a damned if you do and damned if you don't position when it comes to this organization at this point. I think there's a lot of people that want Francesco to succeed because that means that the Canucks are succeeding. 
And when things are good on the ice and a team is winning and there's no backdoor allegations and things that are going on, usually ownership gets to be quiet. You know, maybe every once in a while, step out and get some accolades. But the problem here is after everything that we have gone through, and I mean this lovingly because I think the Canucks are still, believe it or not, a well-run organization with a lot of star power and a lot of things that they have done well in this city. But Francesco has just got a PR problem at this point where there's a lot of fans and certain people in the media and certain people in the blog worlds just don't want him at the helm. And every chance that he slips up, everything that goes wrong, it is immediately a call for his head. That doesn't usually happen in all sporting markets. Like, for example, in Toronto, if something goes wrong, MLSE doesn't get called to the carpet, it, you know, every once in a while. And maybe that is a part of the problem, is the fact that it is a singular person that you can put an identity, that you can put a face to this. Like when you're owned by Rogers Communications, like for example with the Blue Jays, you can usually call them out by name, but there isn't this vitriol. There's not that hate because you're just screaming at a logo essentially. But here in Vancouver, Francesco Aquilini as an individual really is at times damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Listen, I was the guy on TSN that called him on the carpet, one of the last shows that happened on TSN 1040 Radio, and I will go to my grave saying that there was no correlation between the two. But that said, I think, and, and again, I'm not going to get into what's going on with his wife and his kids. I refuse to do that. I think that's a personal matter. It's a personal matter before the courts. If it comes out that obviously there was something going on at home that shouldn't be, then you can go after him. But for now, I'm not going to touch it. I just won't do it. What I will say is this organization right now is snake-bitten. There always seems to be something that is around the corner. Enter the Rachel Dory situation. Again, another piece of what's going on right now that we don't have a lot of information about. And her mom tweeted that the truth will come out, and maybe it will. And I'm not going to side one way or the other. I may not side one way or the other once this has come out information-wise. There's just always something. When this came out, what was the first thing that a lot of the fan base went to. And again, I'm saying this as a communications guy. It immediately shifted to, well, it must have been Francesco. So when your reputation as an owner is just a heat magnet for every negative thing that goes through this organization, Francesco may or may not have something to do with that. It doesn't matter. The fan base just immediately wants to pin this on the donkey, to use a kid's game as a phrase. The problem that you face is that you're looking for good faith in the community. You're looking for people that want to believe in you, that want to buy your product. And right now, Francesco is lucky that he's got a team that still has a lot of the attention span of the city and will always have the attention span of the city because it's the big ticket in town. But I would say, and this is where I'm going to you know, get to the finish line here, is if I'm Francesco, I would lay extremely low this season. I might even get off social media I might not interact. I might actually just get out of Dodge. I think that would be the advice that I would give. And and fans, they do like hearing from their ownership group. They want to feel that they have a connection and that they have a, a chance to communicate. But I just don't think anything good comes his way right now. Sometimes when you are that heat score, when you are the guy that just no matter what, it's coming down at you, get away for a while. Let somebody else handle it. And I'm not talking about the communications department with the Canucks. I'm talking about maybe just stepping away altogether and letting Jim Rutherford handle everything and letting Patrick Alvine start to have a little bit more of a voice as well. 
Not that he doesn't, just allowing Jim to maybe take some of the stuff away. Because again, like I said earlier, Jim doesn't let the media in on anything. He is absolutely old school, cards close to the vest. And you know what? I think it's been a refreshing change from the constant leaks that were going on with the previous uh, group when it came to Jim Benning and those around him. That's my advice, because I think the Vancouver Canucks do have some things that they are doing right, they're doing well. I think their preseason's been a mitigated disaster as far as what you would try to do to drum up excitement for a fan base. But again, it's the preseason, and even the first handful of regular season games, I wouldn't bury this team to be said. But again, when you are that guy, just get out of the way for a little while. That's probably sage advice. Couple other things before we move on to the wrestling and the radio and everything else here. Uh, let's just do all of the hockey all at once right now. I thought the Abbotsford Arena and the experience that the Canucks had the other night when they took on the Edmonton Oilers was fantastic. And I think the Abbotsford organization, and I'm not just talking about the Canuck, but just the even the governing body of that building needed a moment like that. To have an NHL preseason game in there, to have people experience what it is. Because I've been to Abbotsford for a couple of games. I've done basketball there before the Vancouver Bandits moved to the Langley Event Center. It's a gorgeous building. And it's a gorgeous building that I guarantee you there's a lot of people still haven't been into that building. So that was a big moment for people to actually see it see it on stream, which was brutal, by the way, and uh, just get a chance to really sell it up. I think the sales guys out there probably have a little extra bounce in their step today, and rightly show it showed very, very well. Uh, for the Vancouver Giants at the aforementioned Langley Event Center, it's going to be tough sledding. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you've got the Vancouver Canucks, who I mentioned are the big ticket in town, Abbotsford seems to be starting to make a connection with that community. And for the Vancouver Giants, it is one of those things where, you know, if a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear? And I'm hoping that with, you know, this organization, as savvy as they are, as reputable as they are, that they can still make hay. Somebody asked me the other day, would they consider going back to the Pacific Coliseum? I know that was a conversation piece that came up uh, what was it, a year or two ago, or maybe just before the pandemic. I know for a fact that there were a couple different organizations that were kicking tires on the Coliseum specifically, one of them being Francesco's group to see if maybe it wouldn't be the Abbotsford Canucks, that it would in fact be the Vancouver Canucks affiliate, you know, whatever they would have been called, but in that building, maybe the Vancouver somethings. Actually, that's an interesting question. Had they gone to the Pacific Coliseum, would they have chosen to keep the Vancouver moniker but change their name from Canucks? think they would have had to obviously would have been interesting to see if Francesco went to the Coliseum what he would have called his uh, AHL franchise I bet you it would have been something different see this is why you listen to the show for just obscure thoughts that might actually lead to a road of uh, conversation <laughs> I guess so and last thing I want to say because he's been on the show a number of times uh, in previous incarnations of this show Rob Simpson of Vancouver Hockey Now, I have full disclosure, an employee of Equity Guru, came out, I guess, a couple of weeks ago with an article that he put online that spoke ill of Rachel Dory, and it was a headline. It wasn't well-received in the community. He basically called her a diversity beacon. I've spoken to Rob about it. Uh, I know that he has moved on from Vancouver Hockey Now, the blog that he had been working for. I think he was going to do that anyway, so I know that a lot of people will assume that one plus one equals two, but um, I will say this. Poorly written headline. I hope that he comes to the realization of that at some point. Maybe he already has, but he is a good guy. 
and I can vouch for him on that front. He's got a lot of positivity. I don't think he was very well accepted or, you know, appreciated in this media landscape, which is very cliquey. It's probably the most cliquey that I've seen in my time in Vancouver. I'm hoping that he lands on his feet. I'm not sure where that's going to be. Again, I speak about Rob Simpson in, in very positive lights. Good guy. And unfortunately, uh, when he was writing an article, just used the, the, the wrong phrase to describe a situation that was very hot button. And uh, you got to remember, Rachel Dory's got a lot of supporters in the city, a lot of fans, and uh, were very big on the Vancouver Canucks for making these moves of inclusion and diversity. And yes, she is a hockey professional. You can't use the context in which Rob used that language. So unfortunately, he's going to eat it for a little while. I would assume it's going to take him a little while for him to bounce back. But my hope is that it doesn't take long because I think his voice is uh, something that this market needs. And if it is not this market, that it is a market close by. All right, very briefly, before we get into some wrestling talk and talking about mirrors and all that stuff, uh, had a couple of people tweet the other day about, you know, 650 came up with their changes to their lineup. This is the sports radio station in Vancouver for those who are maybe listening abroad, but I'm very thankful that there are still people who think that I could, you know, have a contribution to whether it's late night radio or someday part, whatever it is. I'm very humbled that people still think that there's a place out there for me. I will say that I have been doing some work on a news radio station in Toronto, 640 Toronto, which is owned by Global, which is a sister station of CKNW 980. Now, I was hired initially to do some fill-in stuff on CKNW, which uh, they have been fantastic to me. Not a lot of opportunities. Their guys don't take vacations very often. But 640 Toronto has been going through some transition and has been using me uh, literally and figuratively. Now, I say that in the best sense because when you get a chance to do a little bit of the day, a little bit of the night, you get that itch, man. And I've had that itch in a big, big way. Uh, For example, I will be on all week long next week uh, doing Toronto radio. It covers the entire province, and it is a very, very uh, well-run machine. When you're doing it in one of the biggest cities in Canada, in Vancouver, it's really cool. When you're doing it in the biggest city in Canada with the biggest media market, uh, it is a really special thing. So I've been very grateful that they have given me the opportunity. Now, they actually interviewed me for a full-time job out there. But I just couldn't leave Vancouver. It just wasn't something that I was ready to do on a full-time basis. So just so you know, Vancouver is still very near and dear to my heart. I think had I been willing to move to Toronto, that might have been an opportunity that would have been mine. Um, But I just wasn't really ready to make that move, at least not at the present time. So CKNW, obviously in a holding pattern. If they need somebody as a backup, I'm that guy that's still ready. But for those who wonder, I still do listen to sports radio very often here in the city of Vancouver. I know certain day parts maybe take it on the chin more than others. It's not my place to say because I know how hard radio is. And one of my big regrets is when I left 1040 and left the Canadians and all that, that I had burnt all kinds of bridges. I just got all fired up. I was in the mix. And I, I don't say that with remorse now that I'm out. I just say that in the fact that I wish I could call on my buddies a little more often and just tell them that I think they're doing a good job and they're pedaling in the right direction and things of that nature. But uh, I still listen all the time and love sports radio. Um, as for me, like I said, opportunity 
has in fact knocked in a couple of different capacities, both here in Vancouver and of course, as I just mentioned in Toronto, I just haven't found the right fit yet. And maybe there isn't a fit. Like maybe I'm never going to make my way back onto the radio in Vancouver and I have to accept that. And maybe this is my last platform to converse with you on. So I'm doing the best that I can. Would I like to work in radio again? Sure would. Uh, I love the art form. I think there's something really magical about being just a voice and being able to connect with a listener. Um, But if the opportunity's not there, then what do you do? You just move on. All right. I promise that I always try to make this podcast about a half hour long at max. So we better get going because I spent a lot of time talking about radio, spent a little bit of time talking about the Canucks. What is going on with these mayor candidates? This Fred Harding guy comes out the other day and basically makes Doug McCallum look sober in the sense that he comes out, this Fred Harding guy with, what is it, the NPA in Vancouver, saying that if he becomes the mayor, he will bring the National Basketball Association back to our fine city. Like, forget about, you know, working on housing or transportation or lowering the gas prices or taxes. Nope, we're going to go to Adam Silver at the commissioner's office in New York and bring the National Basketball Association back to Vancouver if he becomes mayor. Could you imagine having the audacity to put that down in a press release and have your press lackey press send? Could you imagine... Like, I'm sitting here thinking to myself of the thousands of platforms that I would love to run on if I was ever to be mayor of Insert City's name here. It would be the last thing that I would do. Hey, guys, vote for me. I will bring the National Basketball Association back to our fine city. Ah, Like, it's an immediate no from me. Because the National Basketball Association has already earmarked the next two cities, and guess what? They're not rushing to get their teams into Seattle or into Las Vegas. So if you think that you're just going to go to Adam Silver's office and bump Seattle off to the side and bump Las Vegas off to the side, who's got LeBron James backing them, I might add, so that you could bring the defunct Grizzlies back to town, brother, brother, you aren't going to win this election. Because that promise is so out of left field that it just makes me think that you're not a viable candidate to run my city. If you want to come to me and say, hey, we're going to try to lower the prices on gas. We're going to try to get some more housing. You want to know what we're going to do with the infrastructure for the roads in this city? Absolutely. I will listen and I might even give you my vote. But when your platform Like Doug McCallum, who wants to build a 60,000-seat stadium in the heart of Surrey, and you one-up him by saying that you're going to bring the NBA back? Dude, you're not going to run my city. I don't want you on my city council. Focus on the things that matter. Read the room. We're on the verge of World War III. I don't need a mayoral candidate who's going to try to bring back Othello Harrington. Or dare I say Mike Bibby. Or make amends with Steve Francis. Leave that to Cat Jamie in some docu-series. Idiot. It leads me to my question that I have for you. You all have a vote. If you're listening here in, in Canada, you chances are have a vote. Or the opportunity to do so. But what if you don't believe in any of the candidates? What if they're just all bumbling idiots? What if they don't have a platform that you believe in? 
Because a lot of people will say that you should vote for the exercise of voting because we live in a free society where, damn it, you know what? We are so lucky that we have the opportunity to have a say in who leads our country. But what if you don't believe in any of the candidates that are there? What if they're just all talking garbage? Would you keep your vote? Would you abstain? This is the problem. Like, I will full disclosure say I have not voted in every election because I don't believe in the candidates. And I would have voted in this election, but the mayor in my city, Brad West, didn't even have a competitor. He was in because nobody's stupid enough to run against him. You know why? Because he didn't bring up the NBA. He ran on his track record, or at least put forward his track record. People are like, you know what? Pretty happy being in Port Coquitlam. We got a guy that I think's pretty legit in Brad West. He would have gotten my vote, but I don't have to place a vote because he doesn't have any competition. I, I guess federally. You know, if you don't like Pierre Poliev, if you don't like Justin Trudeau, if you don't like Jagmeet Singh, if you don't like any of the candidates, would you vote? I wrestle with that. I uh, I really do. One thing that I do not wrestle with is the current state of Hockey Canada, who went before the feds a couple of days back and basically doubled down on their blindness, doubled down on each other, hoping that eventually the storm clouds will part. And now you are seeing major corporations like Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons, Scotiabank pull all of their funding from Hockey Canada. Quebec's governing body of their provincial hockey programs aren't giving their money to Hockey Canada either because they have lost confidence in them. Hockey Canada should have done this months ago, but they have to clean house. Surely they're going to have an executive that steps down. And if they don't, it is just mind-boggling to me and really selfish that they're going to take what was a once proud brand and absolutely crash it into the ground. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose your paycheck. But if you love hockey and you love this game, you know that it's your time to get out. And I know what you're going to say. Well, you know, these allegations, I wasn't even there for that. I'm not a part of this. I'm a part of the solution. At this point, when you have all of your major corporate sponsors saying, we're out, when you have provincial governing bodies saying, we're out, there could not be a clearer message that it's time for you to fuck off. It's time for you to pack your box, to go out the front door, update your LinkedIn profile, and maybe lay low for a while. And hopefully somewhere you're going to get another opportunity. But you cannot possibly go into the month of November, much less the new year, as is. You cannot do that. Like if you love hockey, it's time to go. And the government, Justin Trudeau, this is a gift from the gods for him right now. Because as he gets just lambasted on 18 other topics right now, so conservatives and the NDP and everybody comes for him, he's got the chance to fix hockey. Can you imagine a greater gift from the voting gods than if Justin Trudeau was to denounce, which he's already done, Hockey Canada, but then go in there and have an organization that helps the reparation of our national amateur hockey program? It's a gift that he absolutely should take with both reins and go all in on because he's not going to win. Like, I'll tell you this right now, Justin Trudeau, with everything that's facing him right now, He's in tough. He's in real tough. But if he fixes hockey, 
in the next little while, Justin Trudeau will save a lot of face. Mark my words. If Justin Trudeau goes in and proactively creates a, uh, an organization that goes in and bleaches everything that Hockey Canada has done and starts fresh and gets this thing back on the right tracks, you bet your ass voters are going to remember that. They will absolutely remember that. Okay, final segment of Sports Bar Radio presented to you by Equity Guru. You can always go to equity.guru and see what the young kids are doing and spending their money wisely with the investment advice of people like Chris Perry, Jody Vance, uh, Galen Hassan, uh, and a whole group of people that really do make Equity Guru something that you should probably look at. I mean, how many times have you been on TikTok or been on YouTube or whatever, and you see all these people and they're making their money and they're investing in smart things, not necessarily just crypto, but all of these different things. You're like, God, I wish I could do it. I just don't know how. That's what Equity Guru does. It takes it. It makes sense. It keeps people honest. And uh, definitely check it out if you get the opportunity. Okay, so speaking of opportunity, just over a year ago, Chris Perry came to me and said, you know what, I'd love to do some wrestling. Do you want to do some wrestling? Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And I said yes. And on September the 11th, 2021, we did our first show. It was called Nation Extreme Wrestling 1. And we did that optimistically, hoping that there would be a 2. We're getting ready for NEW 10 at the Commodore Ballroom on Thursday, October the 27th. I will tell you this openly and honestly. Ticket sales for this one are a little light. We picked a Thursday night, which is always a challenge. And uh, I'm hoping that based on the card, which means the wrestlers that we have showing up on this uh, wonderful night, that uh, we'll get some late ticket sales and hopefully pack that room because there is nothing like a show at the Commodore Ballroom. And if you've never been, by the way, it's about a two and a half hour, three hour show. No different than going to the theater and seeing a movie, going to the Canucks game and watching some hockey. So uh, again, Right on the heart of Granville Street on a Thursday night. Great date night thing to do or, uh, you know, go out with the boys, go out with the girls. By the way, nearly 50-50. Uh, we've been doing our analytic research over the last three shows. We're mesmerized by how many females are coming out to professional wrestling and supporting us. It's a, it's a really big deal. And I think we've taken some steps as a company to kind of make it comfortable so that, you know, men, women, transgender, non-binary, everybody can be comfortable and accepted and feel like they're at a you know safe place to watch a an event and uh, we're starting to see that return uh on our efforts by just the you know diversity that we're seeing walk through the door i will say though and i say this uh completely openly there have been a lot of challenges i mean we could sit here and talk about the fact that we brought mackie ito or speedball mike bailey or el fantasmo or all these you know amazing wrestlers to the city over the past year and you know what? It, it has been really inspiring to see how much we've been able to grow this Nation Extreme Wrestling brand, but there are definitely problems. And uh, we, you know, full disclosure, they're not necessarily financial problems. They're just how do we take the next step? So we had a show set for October the 27th, which we're going to do. We were going to do a show in November, and we're going to actually not do that show. We're going to postpone it and do a show on Boxing Day. I'm not supposed to say that yet, but that's what we're going to do. And uh, then we're not doing anything until March or April, which in wrestling circles is crazy because you want to keep your momentum. I'd like to think that we're one of the hottest brands, not just in Vancouver, but in Canada. But we need to step back. We've got a couple of opportunities that are on the horizon that if we don't 
focus on them, we're going to miss them or we're not going to do a good job on them. So we're going to pull back on doing live shows for three and a half, maybe even four months. And, and, and that could even be elongated depending on where we're at when we get to those, you know, marks. So I would say if you want to see Nation Extreme Wrestling, this Thursday, October 27 show would be a good one to come to because you're not going to see it, you know, aside from the Boxing Day one for a while. And, um, you know, not to say that we're in a bad business place. If anything, we've exceeded every single expectation that we could have hoped for. But there are so many boutique promotions in Vancouver. I mean, I think when we started, you know, in the pandemic, we were the only ones running. And now there's like six or seven, if you include the island, the interior. And the challenge, the challenge that I face, and I'll say this openly, I've said it to our wrestlers as well, is that you can see our lineup pretty much anywhere. I mean, the difference between us and any of the other promotions are the people that we actually fly in. The Mackie Itos of the world, the uh, Maxi Impalers, the, the you know Kid Bandits, those are the things that essentially, um, to this point, have been able to separate us from a majority of the other promotions. Not everybody, but a majority of them. And um, it, it's hard. It's really hard because the wrestlers don't care. I should, Care might be a strong word. The wrestlers will work all of their promotions because they want exposure. They want repetition. And that's what they have to do. Like, I used to take offense to it. I used to be like, dude, we're trying to promote you here. We're trying to give you this clean, you know, professional brand with a great stage and a great backdrop. And they were like, yeah, but we got to work, you know. So they'll go to the island. They'll go to the interior. They'll work for, you know, Vancouver guy number one, guy number two, guy number three, guy number four, and we're guy number five. Um, so from a wrestler's perspective or a teacher's perspective right now, wrestling in Vancouver could not be better because everybody's working, everybody's getting their reps, and it's just a fun place to be as a promoter. Um, if we were to run a, a smaller venue, like 200-seat venue, 250-seat venue, we'd be sold out in hours. Like, it, it's never an issue. But Chris Perry brought up a really good example to me uh, in a bit of a different context, but it really works for wrestling. He says, you know, the small venues will always do well. The really big venues, you know, that are run by AEW and WWF will always run well. We are in this weird kind of black hole of a medium-sized venue that you have to put a lot of work in to fill. So, you know, when we see some of the wrestling promotions in town, you know, jumping up and down because they sold out a venue that holds 200 people, I'm just kind of like, good for you. Like, hey, man, get in where you fit in. But the Commodore holds a 1,000. And so to get into the 700s, the 800s, like we had a crowd uh, at our last show at about 550. And we were really bummed out, Chris and I. We were like, man, you know, what the hell happened there? 550 for any other promotion in Canada, and they're doing springboards. They're, they're living the dream. But we wanted bigger. So why we're taking the step back is because we need to reinvent ourselves. And a lot of people will say, well, if it isn't broken, why fix it? And we have some opportunities that allow us to do something that probably hasn't been done in this market in 25, 30 years. And we want to take a shot at it. And if we fail at it, and if we lose our momentum, and we got to start at the back of the pack again, that's fine. I don't think it will take us long to get where we need to be because we've got a pretty good reputation, both locally and with the wrestlers that have come through. But I... I, I don't want to work for normal. I don't want to work to, like, if, if somebody told me that my job was to do a uh, two to 300 seat venue, I would just quit. 
There's just nothing there for me. And I'm not even talking financial. It's just, it's, it, it doesn't entertain me. It doesn't excite me. It doesn't make me want to work harder. Um, I want big. I, I mean, I worked for the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, I was a communications guy with Major League Baseball for their World Baseball Classic for a couple of events. I, I just want to push myself to something bigger and stronger. And we've got an opportunity where if we can just step back for a couple of months and put all of our time and energy, some money, some investment into this, um, we could do something really, really special and we're not going to miss this chance. So if you don't see us at Nation Extreme Wrestling for a while, it is not because we're struggling. We are simply looking to the road ahead. I've got a great partner in Chris Perry who understands exactly what we're trying to do and we're going to go for it, man. And if we uh, fail, it won't be from a lack of effort and it won't be because we didn't want to dream big. So that's the deal. If you want to see a wrestling show live, Nation Extreme Wrestling, I would recommend getting those tickets to Thursday, November the 27th, because that is going to be one of the last shows that we put on live for a long, long time, uh, long, long time in the in the context of doing monthly shows. If you're taking four to five months off, people are going to probably sit around and say, well, are they done? We're not done at all. We're reloading, if that makes any sense. All right. I uh, want to thank you for sticking around. If you listen to that, you've listened to the whole show. I want to thank Chris Perry, uh, Galen, everybody back at Equity Guru for uh, just keeping our heads above water during some tough times. Um, it is great to be a part of such a good family. Until you and I do this again, a lot sooner than the last show between this show. I'm Rob Faye for the final time. This has been Sports Bar Radio, as always, presented to you by Equity Guru. Very quickly, don't forget tickets at nationextremewrestling.com. There, I snuck it in right under the buzzer. I'm Rob Fink. I'll talk to you soon.